Are you an entrepreneur, industry expert, or influencer? Did you know that speaking is one of the highest paying professions in the world? Download my free PDF checklist now and you can learn how you can become a highly paid speaker. Go to jamieabbott.com forward slash speaker guide. Welcome to the Perfect Public Speaking Podcast, where you'll learn how to master your public speaking, how to become a paid speaker, and how to boost your business using public relations with your host, Jamie Abbott. Well, my guest today is Sue Glasser, and Sue is a productivity and success coach and a speaker. Now, with over 11 years of experience in public speaking, one-to-one coaching, consulting, and facilitating group workshops, Sue is a productivity management and personal development specialist who knows what it's like to be in your shoes because she has walked in them herself. Now, not a naturally organized person, Sue turned this around after realizing that organization is not an inbuilt talent, but a learned skill. And after years of working with many businesses and individuals sharing workshops and one-on-one coaching, working on their efficiency challenges and their need for better systems around being more organized, such as around email and task management, she noticed that mindset actually plays a huge role in efficient productivity. Activity. So Sue leveled up her skills and is now not only a speaker and productivity coach, but also a qualified confidence coach, mindset mentor, life coach, and a Tony Robbins results coach. We've got a big week here today. Sue has armed herself with remarkable productivity and self-development tools that she shares with her clients who in turn describe Sue as inspiring, knowledgeable, passionate, non-judgmental, experienced, and importantly, fun. Now, when Sue immigrated from South Africa with her husband and two beautiful children over 24 years ago now, she dedicated that time. She's been dedicated to create a fulfilling and joyful life here in Australia. And now having achieved that for herself, her passion and is coaching clients in productivity and mindset. I've been one of those clients myself. I had a session with Sue late last year so that they too can build the life they desire and in turn create a lifetime of fulfillment by looking for the good, the positive and the possible. Now we all have 24 hours in our day. Sue, welcome to Perfect Public Speaking. I'm sure you're going to tell us all about how we can make the most of those 24 hours. So welcome. Thank you so much. It's wonderful to be here. And thanks for that intro. (laughs) Oh, I love that intro. And of course, you came into my world uh, last year when I ran the Sprint to Stage Challenge and uh, you were just incredible. And we had a session after that for my own uh, disorganization that I have in my business. So I guess, you know, after reading that bio and you've really morphed into this productivity expert What do you actually do on a day-to-day basis for a struggling, disorganized business owner like myself? (laughs) I love it. Thank you. Well, you know what? I I think it's so important for people to understand that, you know, we all do have these 24 hours and we, we want to make the most of them. And so for me, it's sharing with clients through workshops and speaking opportunities, you know, to actually talk about productivity and the things that stop us, which is things like procrastination, which we can all relate to, right? You know, getting through a to-do list that's, you know, the to-do list is this long, the day is that long, and, we, and you know, we just can't seem to, you know, get, get things done and we can't get to where we need to go. And really just helping people to take control of their tools that they use, you know, the tools like emails and 
to-do lists and tasks and all of those kinds of things. And so I do that from a point of view of sharing workshops and getting kind of the whole team on the same page, I like to say. You know, if everybody's doing the same thing and on the same page, then it's so much more helpful. And I've just recently run a, a great workshop in Bendigo, and it's been so great listening to them coming back to me because – you know, if everybody understands, for example, a procrastination tool or something that they can use and the whole team understands what they can use, then everybody benefits from that. And yeah. so um, I'll share some of those and then you'll know a bit more about what I mean by that. And then, of course, I do one-on-one -on -one coaching as well where, you know, I can help people with their specific issues that they're having around their time management, procrastination. And, of course, why I say that, you know, I'm about, you know, getting the best out of your 24 hours around productivity and efficiency, but also about living your best life. Because at the end of the day, why do you think we want more time? <laughs> oh, I guess we can spend doing what we love, really. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So, so what happens is everyone says, I don't have enough time. You know, I don't have enough time. But it's, you've got the time, but what's happening is what you're doing with the time. So, you know, if you are using all your time for work, and, you know, there's no time for play and no time for the stuff that's important to you, then we don't live a fulfilled life. So we want to make sure that we, we're putting in the time for the things that we actually enjoy. So let's so, talk about the to-do list, though. Um, so I've heard so many different techniques about your to-do list and including write down all the things you want to do today, then prioritise the top three. Is it as simple as that? I mean, what are your tips on how to get through your to-do list and make sure that things are actually ticked off? Okay, great question. The thing is that everybody, most people have a to-do list. And first of all, you sh I do believe you should have a list of things you want to do or need to do because, you know, it was, I think, David Allen, you know, from Getting Things Done, who said that your head is for having thoughts and not for holding on to them, right? So, like, you don't want to just keep everything in your head because that's number one. Get it out of your head and onto paper because otherwise you're so busy trying to remember everything that you're supposed to do. There's no room for any fun stuff. Right? like dreaming or anything else you know that you need to do so get it out of your head and onto paper I believe we don't need 10 different lists for the 10 different spinning plates we have going on in our lives which everybody has right we've always got these different areas of our lives but you know what you don't need to have 10 lists have one master list a place where everything goes because that's already going to make your life easier, isn't it? Just to go to one place to find what you need. So what and just so, on that? So should you have it on like a Trello board or just written down? Like is where where is that one place? Well, you know what? I'm a pen to paper person, right? Like I'm about the pen and paper because typing is recording and writing is comprehending. You know, like when we were studying at school, we didn't type our notes, right? Because or studying at university, because when you write something, you know, there's more modalities in it. You're using lots of things and you actually then end up, it actually sinks in, right? And you you remember it. So I'm big on writing, but I know not everybody is big on writing and not big on paper and pen. So wherever you're going to put it, find a place. So if you want to type it up in a Trello board or you want to type it up, you know, in your calendar under tasks, no problem. Um, or you want to write it down. But the idea is get it out of your head and onto paper number one and then when we say about prioritizing absolutely you know the problem is that we spend so much time writing this big list and we think everything's very important but actually it's not not everything has to be done today and most people who go you know at the end of the night there's oh you know I never finished my list today and they get really stressed about that okay I'm sure can you relate right like most people say oh I had all these things on my list and like I didn't do them all 
But most of the time that we set our own self-imposed overwhelm, you know, we decide that there's just so much we have to do and we must do it all today, but actually it's it's not necessary. You know, rather look at your list and say, okay, be realistic and say, yes, there are these priorities I need to get done today and there's deadlines I need to meet today, but some of the stuff can move on. And there's five days in the week. We don't have to have everything on today. You know, we can say, right, let's spread it out. Yeah, let's spread it out during the week. And that's, I think people get very stuck on this idea with their big list. And so I suppose the idea that, okay, you've got this big list now, but what do you do first? How do you prioritize it? Then everyone says, okay, well, then what do I do with my big list? Couple of things. Number one, color code. <laughs> color coding is an organized person's best friend. Because what happens is you have a list of everything is saying black, but once you start to code it into your spinning plates, okay, your areas of your life, then straight away you can see, you know, what's going on, which area has what tasks. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And then once it's color coded, we're going to say, okay, prioritize it. We've got to decide what must be done today. And then some of the stuff will obviously then can be put in tomorrow. And we have to schedule it. Yeah. Because whenever becomes never. Whenever I've got time, I'm going to do that. But we never get to it, right? Then you've got this thing that's moving along on your to-do list and you've written it today and then you've written it tomorrow and the next day and the next week it's still on that list. You know, I'm sure that sounds familiar for everybody mm. listening in. <laughs> because we, we do that, you know, we just keep moving it. But how about actually putting it into your diary like an appointment because your tasks need to get done. And so diaries aren't just timekeepers, places where appointments should go, but in fact, they're an action plan. I think of it as an action plan because you've got all of these appointments, but in between those appointments, we need to actually do our job. Okay. And that's getting things done because days are made up of meetings and tasks and the tasks need to be in the diary. So when we allocate a time to do our tasks and we put it in our diary and treat it with you know, the importance it deserves because most people will keep moving it because it's not important, right? But, I mean, Jamie, if your client, you know, for example, this call today, you know, we've got an appointment in here. We're not just going to say, oh, no, I don't feel like it, right? I'm not going to pitch, right? <laughs> because it's important. Okay? We want to be here. But if you had a task at this time and you didn't feel like doing it, then you'll just you'll just say, no, I'm not going to do it and you'll move it to another time. But if you can start to treat your tasks with the importance of your appointments, then there's more chance of you getting it done. Just on that, Sue, so what about for creatives like a lot of um, like myself and a few other listeners probably right now, do you, what's your thought, what is your thought on scheduling white space? Do you just put some white space into your dryer and think I'll just use that for whatever I feel like doing at the time? Or how does that kind of work with the scheduling of a task? You know, I, yes, you should put that in because the fact is that it may sound crazy, but your color, so like you're talking about color coding, right? Your color needs to be in your diary. Like mine's pink. Okay. So there's got to be pink in my day because if I don't see any pink in there, then something's wrong. And we need to make time for ourselves and time for just, you know, doing nothing or the self-care that we need, right? So when we spoke at the beginning and I say, you know, the reason we want back time is because we want to do the things we want to do or we choose to do, right? So let's call this up things that go on there that are your choose to do list. Things that actually get on that list because you want to be doing those things and not as your have to tasks. Mm. Right? Yes, we should always make time for those things. And and why not? Especially creative people. Like, you you know, creative people need to have some time when they can have a think and just brainstorm and do what they need to do. And so, yes, it has to be allocated. 
that's how you're going to get time back by actually making sure that you know what's going on with your diary, not like randomly just going along each day. And then we get to the end of the day and think like, what did I do today? You know, yeah. because we, we didn't structure it. Yeah. I love that. We, you know, I had a coaching session late last year before Christmas and I was so motivated and I've been pretty good uh, generally with task, tasking things into my diary. And this has been a really great refresher for me because I have slipped on a couple of things, including my inbox. And I'd love to talk to you about that because for a lot of people in my PR club, uh, time poor business owners, a lot of our listeners, they do say that they struggle to get on top of their inbox. And so yes. what are your or, I don't know, three or four top tips to get on top of your inbox management? Love that question. And of course, I get that question all the time because the interesting thing about email, email's been around since 1990, I think it was, when it like really came out. And everybody's still treating the email the same way. And in 1990, you might have got two, three, maybe 10 emails a day. And now we're getting two or 300 emails a day, some people, right? And so we can't just do the same system. Everything's coming in and I just need to flag it and then, you know, I'll do it and then everything else comes in and everything and then you've just, everything that's important just keeps moving down and we're not actioning anything. So we need to, first of all, number one is when you look at your inbox and, and an email that comes in, we think that there's so much coming in, but there's actually only two types of emails that come into your inbox. Yeah? Yeah. And those are <laughs> action or reference uh -huh. so you either have to do something with an email or you need to put it away somewhere and this relates to paper as well any electronic paper right you either do something with it or you put it away so when you have a look at your emails and you you look at the email and you see what it says straight away you have to ask yourself okay is this actionable or is this just reference and then you can make a decision mm. now only about 20% of what's actually coming into your inbox is actionable. And even it could even be 10, to be honest, because most of the stuff that comes into our email is either reference or rubbish. <laughs> and then there's a little bit of actionable stuff, okay, stuff that's actually meaningful that we have to reply to or do something with. So I think to know that and take that overwhelm from you saying like, oh, there's just so many emails. Well, no, there's either emails I've got to do action or there's emails I've got to put away somewhere. That's all. Mm. So hopefully that's helpful because I know when I learned that it's like, whew, it was like a really light bulb moment for me because I always felt overwhelmed by paper and overwhelmed by emails. But actually this is the way we can take back control. You make it sound so easy, but um, <laughs> I, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I've been doing well, pretty well, pretty well. But I think one of the great tips you gave me was when an email comes in, I then put that in and you can do it on Gmail easily where you can from the desktop version, you then create a task and put that into your calendar. So actually I create an event um, and that means simply to reply to that email. And actually that then gets slotted into my Google calendar as an actual task. So if you sent me an email, I'll put it straight in as an event, reply to Sue and the whole email gets copied into my calendar and then that comes up and the time is due and I can actually respond. Um, so that was a exactly. really great tip. Outstanding. And, and the whole idea is remember that an actionable email is just another task on your to-do list because it's a task. Just mm. like you've written another task down, that's a task. So if you drag it into your schedule, that means you exactly what I said earlier about your task list, right? You're putting it into your calendar so that it actually gets actioned and you've made a time to do it. Because whenever becomes? Never. Right. <laughs> okay, so if you don't put it in there, it's going to be, well, whenever I can, I'm going to get back to that person, yeah. which doesn't happen. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, so that's one of my other big tips, absolutely, you know, to drag your emails into your calendar. And number one, in fact, after the session, I want, if you do one thing, everybody should do this one thing, okay? And that is to turn off auto notify. You know the ding, 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 ding mm. that comes into the side of your, so every time an email comes in, it dings and it distracts you because our curiosity cannot be denied. I mean, we're human after all, right? So we say, oh, I'll just go quickly check that email, you know, and you go in there and the next thing, it's an hour later and you're wondering what you were doing last, mm. right? Yes. Because you just get completely down that rabbit hole of emails and now you were on this focused task and you're doing really well and then the email dra dragged you away. And there's something like a 25-minute switching cost. It costs 25 minutes in your day to try and get yourself back to where you were, which is such a waste of time, right? That yeah. 25 minutes, you can be doing some self-care. You can be doing other things. So we, so turning off that auto-notify is really a big thing. Now, one of the reasons is because when somebody sends you an email, it's on their to-do list mm. right then, not on yours, right? So if yeah. we answer... Fine. You, then you've gone in that they basically pulled your way into their to-do list and now you're answering their to-do list instead of focusing on what's important to you right now. So, now, a lot of my clients, yeah, a lot of my clients will say to me, oh, but you know what happens? I've got to answer emails right away and people are waiting to hear from me. Well, I don't agree. <laughs> I don't agree with that at all because I think everybody would like you to answer the email immediately, but they don't expect you to. So how long can you go? Can you go a couple of days <laughs> responding to someone? No, I don't think I think that's a bit of a then that's a bit of you know crickets. You know, no, somebody's ignoring me. But but the thing is, it doesn't have to be right away mm. because, for example, now if somebody sends you or I an email, you know they're not going to think we you know why haven't they come back to me? All they're going to say is, well, they must be busy right now. And yeah. they're not going to get upset. I don't get upset if somebody doesn't answer me immediately. So people have this concept, this concept that they have to answer right away. But actually, no, you don't. Um, but if you haven't got your notifications on, obviously, then you have to go and choose a time, a few times a day, to you to go and look in your inbox and check your emails. Yeah. So it's up to you instead of somebody else's agenda. This makes sense, right? It does. So instead, it's not always on what everyone else wants. If you want to be in control of your time, then you decide when you check your emails. So and therefore, just, so just on that, Sue, do you recommend maybe allocating three separate times throughout your day devoted to checking emails? So 15 minutes, check emails, and that way you're triaging them and putting them in as tasks and things like that. Would that is that kind of what you're describing? That's exactly what I mean. So, and and depending on what you do as your job and how much emails influence what you do every day, then you can decide how many times you want to check your emails. But the whole point is that between checking your emails, you're actually doing your job, <laughs> okay? We're actually doing work, like you're doing your tasks, you're getting things done, you're focusing your attention and not being distracted all the time and pulled away. But the, the amount of times you check it a day is up to the person because it depends on, you know, their job. Mm. so I never say specifically well it should be every two hours it should be every four hours like some people want to might want to do one every 90 minutes which is fine just make sure that you've made time in between to do your work yeah absolutely so do you have any other general tips on how we can um be more productive and and use our time better yes I could talk for all day but okay. <laughs> I'll tell you what I'd like to talk about and I think one thing that we should talk about is procrastination mm. because because that is the, the biggest waste of time, right? 
when we procrastinate. So, and people procrastinate for a number of reasons. One of the main reasons is that the pursuit of perfection leads to procrastination. So people who are pursuing perfection often will always be, well, I'm just going to do one more check. I'm just going to make sure it's just right. It's got to be 100% before I send it out. And they get really stuck on this idea of making everything perfect. And actually what happens, it ends up getting them to do it, delaying the result. And the other thing is it often ends up then when we delay that result and we keep putting things off because we're procrastinating, then what actually happens is we end up with a deadline that's right there. And so if we don't, if we leave it to the last minute, then what happens? If we leave it to the last minute, what happens to that job? Right? Yeah. We're going to end up just doing it fast. We're going to end up doing it wrong. Like, in fact, it definitely won't be perfect. <laughs> because we've had to rush it at the end because we've left it for so long and put it off for that long, mm, right? So, definitely so guilty, wanted, guilty of that. <laughs> guilty of start, right? <laughs> and and the other reason why we procrastinate as well is because, uh, you know, we, we think basically it's a, the other word for procrastination is resistance because we're actually resisting something. Now, think about it. Like what are the reasons why we resist something? You know, if we're resisting it, there could be a number of reasons why we resist doing a job. You know, I think there's a few. One is usually time. Oh, well, it's going to take me so much time. Like, then you keep putting it off because, like, it's going to be just this. Um, I don't have five hours right now, but when I've got five hours, I'm going to do that job, which is never going to happen, right? Yeah. Nobody's got five hours lying around. We wish we had, but we don't. You know, so that's often it. It might just be too hard. You know, it might just be something that you feel like it's just too difficult and you don't want to start and you don't know where to start. So or too boring. Exactly. Sometimes I hate sending yes. invoices because it's too boring. <laughs> exactly. And that's one of the big ones. The, the painful jobs, like nobody wants to do it. And the invoicing, well, you know, although invoicing, by the way, is the most important job in your business, right? Because if you're not invoicing, <laughs> yes, you I know. Yeah. So, but, but we do because it's, it's hard work, right? It's mm. something that's frustrating, right? Invoicing, reporting, often, you know, any kind of reporting gets left to the last minute. Timesheets comes up so often. People who have to do timesheets, you know, because it's just so frustrating writing in all of these timesheets. So, you know, things like that are put off all the time. And so we've got to find ways to get past all of those things that are stopping us and, and causing our procrastination. Mm. Because, as I said, it's a waste of time, which we could be doing a lot better, more important things. Mm -hmm. And... Yep. So there's two things that generally I will share with my clients. And it's quite funny because I share these two tips or two ways of dealing with procrastination from young kids, you know, have done organization workshops in school to the CEOs and the C-suite because it, it works for everybody and it, everybody can relate to it. And some people are probably familiar with the concept of eat the frog. Have you heard? Of oh, it? yes. Yes. I have heard of this. Yeah. And so, so eat the frog, I'm just gonna I'm not gonna go into the whole story now because it takes too long. But eat the frog, the concept of eating the frog is is you know the saying goes, if you ate a live frog first thing in the morning, well nothing would taste as bad and nothing would be worse than that in your day, right? <laughs> yeah. So of course the concept is do the hard things first. You know, get those those things that are stopping you, those things that you keep putting off. You know, the things that are hard, because once you've done them, you don't have the sort of feeling on your shoulders all day, you know, oh, I've still got to do that. I've still got to do that. And then it gets to four o'clock. You say, oh, see, it's four o'clock. I'll just move that to tomorrow. And that's what happens. You know, they just, these these things just keep leaping forward and forward. And that's when it becomes a last minute urgent job. 
Mm. So, you know, so so getting into this this idea of eating the frog really works. And what I like about the concept of eating a frog as well is when a whole team knows about this concept of eating the frog, and we often talk about distraction, you know, when you're in a big team, because people like to come and say, hey, why don't you just do this right now? Why don't you? And there's just so much distraction. And then I say to them, well, all you've got to say is, hey, hold on. I'm just eating a frog right now. You know, I'll get back to you soon. <laughs> yeah. And then people understand, okay, they're busy on this sort of focused task and, you know, you don't want to interrupt them. So, so frogs, eat those frogs. And you know how we eat the frogs? 10 minutes at a time. <laughs> okay. Because the big jobs, okay, every big job is only a lot of little jobs put together. So think about it. If this is the big job and we broke it down into 10-minute bite-sized pieces of focused attention, then we're going to get the job done. Mm. And you won't have that overwhelm. And we won't have this procrastination because you're kind of moving forward with your 10-minute task. Mm -hmm. And I even say, you know, set an alarm. Because you may do 10 minutes and be really into something and really focused, but then we can do another 10 and another 10. But the whole idea is that you want to break this 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 job down into sort of 10-minute tasks that you can focus your attention on because multitasking is a myth. <laughs> multitasking is doing lots of things reasonably well. And when we're doing lots of things reasonably well, what happens is we never feel accomplished. And particularly for the perfectionists out there, that would be very frustrating because you're never finishing something, right? So you don't feel like you can tick it off. And everyone likes a good old tick, you know, we like ticking off our list. So what we want to do, yeah, we want to make sure that we, we kind of break it down, focus our attention, mono or single task on one thing at a time, and then move on to the next thing. So, so the whole myth of multitasking, got to go. Um, one, of the, one of the ladies who was in my sessions last week, she wrote to me and she said like it was a revelation for her thinking about that because her whole life, you know, she was multitasking and, and she never felt accomplished and she always felt like it was just too much, but she, she thought, this is what she, who she is and what she should be doing. And yes. she's changed, you know, because she's decided, let me just do these things in these blocks of focused attention and, and you know, life's so much better and she's got more time back. And to use a practical example, one of the gold nuggets that you gave me was not have multiple tabs open. So my brain, mm -hmm. I'll be into one thing, doing a newsletter, then I'll change to invoicing and then I'll change to social media all with different tabs open with my inbox at the same time. And um, yeah, just sticking to one thing at a time has been great advice from you. Wonderful. So I'm glad to hear that's helping because it's that kind of idea of having all these thoughts in your head at once. It's just completely overwhelming right so we have to focus in on one thing at a time absolutely well thank you so much so you have really shared so many gold nuggets as i just said uh for all of our listeners and um you know people in pr club i know will be tuning in and uh their time poor and it's all about time making the maximum use of your time how can people find you if they want to continue to work with you beautiful thank you it's been such a pleasure being here um, so my website is in my name. So it's sueglasser.com.au. And on Instagram, I'm at paperclipo. So it's paperclip with a P-O on the end because I used to be a professional organizer. So it's paperclip P-O. <laughs> Don't do that anymore because I realize productivity is much more fun and much more important. Oh, <laughs> so I love that's, it. Yeah. And, oh. and on LinkedIn under my name as well. So yeah, I'd love to hear from you all. And I've also got a 15-minute discovery call which is available on my website. You just click a contact and, you know, let's talk and see how we can give you back your precious resource, which of course is time.
I highly recommend a session with Sue. It was incredible. Just with one hour, it was life-changing for me and my business. I'll put the link to your website in the show notes of the podcast. But once again, Sue Glasser, thank you for coming on to Perfect Public Speaking. Thank you so much for having me. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening. You're on the way to Perfect Public Speaking with Jamie Abbott. If you loved this episode, please share it on social media with your friends and tag us at Jamie Abbott. You can check out Jamie's free resources and courses at jamieabbott.com.